KG, and this is not safe for networks. Kentucky skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. How's it going, Brandon? I'm feeling all right. Me too. Two years with diabetes. Two years with diabetes, like today? Or? Today. Um, congratulations. It's my diversary. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, I don't know how to transition from that, so I'm going to do it. This yeah. is going to be a shorter one because we ran so long on our last podcast that you guys will hear in a couple months, hopefully. But uh, so just start out with with some big news here. A Breaking Bad movie is being filmed in Albuquerque from the middle of November to February. So it's about to start. Uh, the Albuquerque Journal broke the story and said the movie would track the escape of a kidnapped man and his quest for freedom iFilm later reported that it was a sequel set after the Breaking Bad finale, and it follows Jesse Pinkman. Vince Gilligan wrote it and is the executive producer. It's not known whether Vince Gilligan will direct it or not. So that's pretty big news. Yeah. Dude. We're going to find out what happened to Jesse. I mean, I hope we find out what happens with, uh, God, what was his name? The the uh Saul's security guy. <laughs> oh, Huel. Huel. He's still in the room. I guarantee <laughs> it, dude. That, um, that took place in what 2002. He's still in the room. <laughs> 2018. He did not live. 16 years later, he's still in the room. They demolished the hotel. They rebuilt around him. He's still there. He's very skinny now. Um, they're filming it under the pseudonym uh, Greenbrier. Yeah. Um, but I am so happy for this. Me too. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I want to find out what happened to Jesse. Like it wasn't a super pressing thing when the show came out, but now that I've heard this, I'm like, yeah, I want to know. I know Vince Gilligan had said at one point that he thinks Jesse got away, but would eventually get caught because he's not the smartest guy. <laughs> So that'll be interesting if he goes down that trajectory. If he like gets away to Alaska or something and changes his name, I think Vince Gilligan offered that as a possibility. But you know, now he's actually writing the thing, so I'm sure he's not going to stick to what he said in like a Breaking Bad interview. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I I think that's going to be interesting. Um, and it's nice that Better Call Saul has been successful and been running, which uh, we didn't really talk about when the show wrapped, but ended very strongly, had a very emotional end to the season uh, in a different way than it did in season three. And I really enjoyed it. I'm trying not to spoil it because I'm guessing you haven't caught up. No, I'm not going to get until they yeah. drop on drop Netflix it on or whatever. Streaming. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, I did catch them, and they are, it's a fucking solid season, man. It really is. They definitely incorporated Gus Fring way more into the season, too. So 
I love that because he's he's such a great villain, you know. And most memorable mm. death of memorable deaths, you know what I mean? Like Ugh, just that the image straightening. will never fucking go away. <laughs> Was that episode called Face Off? <laughs> it could be. Oh God, Carl! Me and Carl were talking about this, and he had some great ideas. And I'm just gonna tease it for the next time Carl's on because, like, he has to talk about his Batman idea, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. But so, I think that's all we had to say about that. Um, another movie that's in in production now is uh, the Deadwood movie. They're uh, Officially started production. Um, they released a synopsis. <clears throat> um, they have gone back and forth, like teasing, like filming a movie, getting it together, and everything dropping. Um, but supposedly, um, they're actually started filming. Um, what? The synopsis that that revealed is uh, HBO released. The indelible characters of the series are to be reunited after 10 years to celebrate South Dakota statehood. Former rivalries are reignited. Alliances are tested and old wounds are reopened. As all are left to navigate the uninvitable changes that modernity have time have wrought. Um, I'm so looking for like we're wife and I are still like midway through season two. Like we watched an episode last night. Um, and God, it's so it's so great. But like what we're watching right now is personally really painful to watch. Um, because we're watching the episodes where. Uh, engines having the fucking kidney stones. Oh, yeah. And having had six or seven kidney stones in my lifetime. <laughs> six or seven too many, man. Oh, it's... And mine have not been to where, like, they have blocked anything up. Just extremely painful. Like, there's a scene where uh, Ian McShane is, like past like on the floor writhing in pain and i have like lived that like and i we always my wife and i always kind of tell the story where we my wife was pregnant she was about eight months pregnant um and i had this kidney stone it was my first one and like I had been up all fucking night, like trying to like find some position that I could lay in and not be in so much pain, but the pain is inside. So no matter what you do, the pain is always fucking there. And then like I told, like got my wife up at like six o'clock in the morning. Like you've got to take me to the hospital. Like, Either that or take me out and shoot me. Like, whatever you do, like, I got to do something. I can't fucking live like this. And so we showed up to the hospital. And my wife is, like I said, about eight months pregnant at this point. 
And so, like, we roll into the emergency room and, like, they all, all the nurses flock to my wife and, like, she's like, no, I'm fine. It's my husband. You got to take care. Or <laughs> I guess we were, weren't married at that point, but she got to take care of this guy. Like, he's the one in fucking pain. And that's why you're super into a Deadwood movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love tangents. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I was, you had told me something and the episode we were watching last night and I like looked cute into it and I, it, I had kind of like noticed it before. There's like a, a beat to the dialogue. Oh yeah. The iambic pentameter. Yeah. And then I actually like started counting and stuff and I was like, it took. Most of the dialogue works that way. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? It is pretty crazy. It's it's next level insane that he would not only it's not mm. just that he wrote an iambic pentameter but he wrote cocksuckers. <laughs> <laughs> or that. But the fact that he would rewrite dialogue on the fly and then put it into iambic pentameter. Like that's <laughs> crazy. It's a crazy man. You know what's really funny is that uh the, what you just described in that HBO uh, summary of what the movie will be doesn't really fucking break down what the fuck it's really about. You know what I mean? Other than, like, they come back and still are pissed off at each other. So, like, you know David Milch is just going to change everything on the day again. <laughs> like, I could totally see that. It's supposed to be like 20 days of shooting. It's going to turn into like 75, I'm sure of it. Um, so what I've read beyond that is that they have got the living main cast back almost completely down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, They've all been saying continuously they'll they'll do anything with Deadwood if it ever kickstarted back yeah. up so so i mean the only big name that's not going to be there is of course powers booth right because he's dead yeah 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 and they've gone so far off of history that it's just like you don't have to worry about what happened to the real life characters either, right because <laughs> they've shown time and time again they don't care it's just more while bill hickok was the only one they really had to pay off you know yeah so it's I mean, too they're famous of a death. They're bringing back Calamity Jane, Timothy Oliphant's character, um, Swearingen's going to be back. Timothy um, Oliphant's character that was Bullock. Bullock? Yeah. yeah, the name oh. of our governor. Yeah, dude. I and he's from Montana, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. Well, they called him Montana for the first season. Yeah, I think. I think uh, he's based off of a real person, too. They're not all based off of real people, but a lot of them are. I think he was based off of a real person, too, because I remember going to Wikipedia and reading about the real life Seth Bullock. So, yeah, interesting. I'm looking forward to the movie, man. I I wonder if they're going to do it for HBO or if it's going to be a theatrical release. It didn't tell me on the sources I read. So Yeah, I think that's still... I mean, I'm sure somebody knows, but I think it's still up in the air in general. Uh, Speaking of rehashing things, the Paramount Network is creating an Explorer show. Do you remember the movie The Explorers? No. It had River Phoenix and, uh, oh, God. Okay, the guy in Training Day. 
uh, Ethan Hawke. Okay. Yeah. It, so when they were kids and they build this, like basically I think Ethan Hawke's character like is playing with the computer and figures out that he can create this like force field bubble. And so he makes a spaceship and then him and the kid go up into space and they wind up going into the spaceship and it's like this alien, they make contact with it. And then it turns out that the alien is a kid alien who's getting yelled at by his parents. <laughs> so like all the stuff they were trying to escape on earth, they basically saw in space. But it was like one of those movies when I was a kid in the eighties that just like, I remember seeing it on cable one day and it just like captured my imagination and I swear I watched it at your house, but I mean, I might have been watching it with Brent because every now and again, I'd hang out with Brent when you were gone <laughs> back in the days, you know, when we all didn't have cell phones. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll just hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hang out with my best friend's younger brother. <laughs> but yeah, <clears throat> so no, yeah, none no of memory this, of like, this. Rings a bell in the least. Yeah. I know for a fact I watched it in your living room. I don't know for a fact that I watched it with you. <laughs> Plus, there's many times where, like, when we were in high school, where, like, you would have your girlfriend over and, like, I would have a girlfriend or whatever, and we were doing things separately in separate rooms. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm not saying that, but probably that. <laughs> <laughs> We've definitely been in the same house and not done the same things when we were younger. <laughs> That's all that I'm saying. <laughs> I'll keep it classy. <laughs> uh, Illumination is making an animated Super oh. Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> oh, I when you said Illumination, because I got a story about Illumination that I was going to bring up. Launch into it. You finish yours first and then I'll... Okay. Dovetail off. All right. So they're making a Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, the head of Illumination said he's working closely with the creator of the game, Shigeru Miramoto. And if I got that name wrong, I apologize. But uh, so, yeah. And they're kind of happy that there's such a low bar with the last movie because it doesn't put pressure on them <laughs> to make a good movie. <laughs> I think that's the subtext to that. You know, like if they make that, a really shitty movie, it's probably going to be better than the original. I mean, movie. it can't get worse, can it? I, I, I suppose theoretically it could, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it will. But I think the fact that they're animating it already makes it a better. That makes movie. it better, but like, you know, video game movies have a huge track record of being dog shit. Yeah. No, I mean, that's totally accurate. Uh, And furthermore... (laughs) I mean, Rampage is the biggest grossing video game movie of all time. Yeah, but that's probably... The books are probably cooked a bit on that one because... Well, I mean, there's one of the latest video games. (laughs) But, I mean, it's it's not a new video game by any stretch. No, not at all. No. No, that's an old-ass property. But and one that I was just like, I I don't know. Like, am I going to see The Rock in his underwear and then turn into a lizard? And then it wasn't that. And I'm like, why would I go see this? <laughs> this is my favorite part of the game. Rock in his underwear? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was my favorite part of the game. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, 
So the thing is, is that movie was so fucking bad. The Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, it was awful. Just awful. It was not so even bad good. Bad. I rewatched episodes of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show a while ago, and it's fucking bad. But it's still not as bad as the old movie, dude. It's not even close to as bad. You know, it was bad, but I enjoyed it. And we talked about the Super Mario Brothers movies and the one I'm about to bring up on a box office battle. If you ever go back and check out those old ones. And I know some people have been because we have a shocking amount of subscribers (laughs) to a feed that hasn't had like a new episode in a long time. But uh, (coughs) Double Dragon. So bad, so fucking awful, so hilarious, <laughs> and like how bad it is. I genuinely enjoyed that and watched it with my mom, who laughed all the way through it as well. So you know, a movie, uh, Mortal Kombat is that for me, like so just terrible, but in a fun way. Yeah, I did not enjoy so. I saw them when they first came out, and I remember not liking Mortal Kombat, but Mortal Kombat Annihilation made me laugh all the way through because it was Mortal, so fucking terrible. Mortal Kombat terrible. Annihilation is definitely the worst yeah. out of all of them. I think what's happened is like Mortal Kombat was never good, but if you're a certain age, you were like, yeah. But like it's aged terribly, whereas like Mortal Kombat Annihilation, everybody stepped back and went, what? <laughs> Like, the second that came out, it was just like, everybody was on the same page on that movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of Christopher Lambert or Lambert. I don't think he was in Annihilation. No, he's not. But there was a lot of fans that, like, really just wanted to like the movie just because of that. You know what I mean? No, I I have watched, in the last, let's see, it was probably... March, April, May, somewhere this year, I rewatched the first Mortal Kombat and fucking laughed my ass off at how bad it was. Yeah. Oh, by but the way. But in a fun way. Street Fighter, also fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but that was terrible when it came out as well. <laughs> Especially when, like, <laughs> Raul Julia, who's playing M. Bison, just He was suddenly, the best like, part of that movie I know, by but when far. he fucking inflates... <laughs> Like it's just it like, just like blows up his cheeks are blowing up and shit. Oh god, that was yeah, awful. so much stuff. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was his last movie. Yeah. Fucking respected actor up for Oscar nominations, like The Kiss of the Spider Woman and all these dramas. Like, fucking goes out on Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah. And to people our age, they're gonna be like Adam's Family, Adam's Family Value. Street Fighter. No, he wasn't a good actor. You know what I mean? Because it's like our three touchstones to Raul Julia. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, it's tragic. It's tragic, really. Uh, what was your illumination story? So, uh, a couple of years back, um, Comcast Universal bought DreamWorks. Yes. Oh, and they brought in the head of illumination to consult is that what you're bringing up well the they're pushing for a shrek reboot that was the next thing i had (laughs) (sighs) it's it's really befuddling reading about what they're trying to do because they're trying to reboot it 
But they're going to bring back the same voice actors. Yes. Not just the same. They want to bring back Mike Myers, Cameron Diaz, Eddie Murphy, Antonio Banderas, and John Lithgow, who died in the first movie. Yeah. So they didn't want to do a sequel. They're rebooting it. They're using the same voices. That's fucking weird. Yeah, because they're, well, they're rebooting both the uh, Shrek franchise and then they, an article I was reading was they're also looking into the Puss, well, the spinoff Puss Puss and Boots. Boots. Yeah. Yeah. And they're looking to keep Antonio Banderas as the voice on that, too. Yeah. Um, Why? That like the this, whole, like all the articles I read like the whole point and like going through my head is like why like I I mean I get that the movie's pushing fifteen plus years old but it, I get I get that the name still is a property right it yeah probably still makes money for them um and I understand wanting to retain the voice cast. So why don't you just do another movie and you don't address what's already happened? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's really fucking easy to make a sequel and just not address anything. Because that seems to be the issue with these guys. Is that they don't want to make a fifth Shrek because they don't want it tied in with everything else that happened. So just don't fucking address anything and don't put five on it. You know what I mean? Because if you keep the original voice cast... People are going to be fucking confused as to that it's not a sequel, especially if they're retelling a story or something. I don't know. This doesn't make sense to me. Like, if you're rebooting, just fucking reboot, start over, start a new cast, save yourself some production values, or fucking keep the people and just, like, just make another Shrek tale. Like, yeah, but just fucking don't address what's happened. You know what I mean? You don't have to. Like, Fiona can be his wife without all the baggage of the sequels. It's not a big deal. Yeah. I That's that's what's befuddling to me. I think people are looking at this new Halloween sequel making so much money, and they're just like, we need to... Like, this is the typical studio thing, right? Oh, look, you can, like, you can reboot this and just keep what you want to keep in it. And it's like, well, no, there was reasons for why they did that with Halloween. They just cut out all the ridiculous shit that's impossible to follow in there. So it made sense to do that. You bring it back to what it originally was, right? But with this, it's like, why are you doing that? <laughs> I just, I don't why? understand. Yeah, like, everything has been like, why? Like, where, like, if you want to tell another Shrek, you have another kid. A cash grab and tell a Shrek story. Just tell a Shrek story. Yeah. Like, and people will go to fucking see it. Yeah, because it's Shrek and they haven't seen one for a while. Yeah. Like, I I went to the fourth one when, well, I didn't take my daughter to it because I feel like she was too young, like, to sit through a movie in a theater. Like, honestly, so it's been a while, you know? Yeah. Like... I mean, they're, I mean, they could do so much with it, but like rebooting it just doesn't seem like the right play for this. Yeah. Especially like if you're going to bring back the same voice cast and you're going to have the same characters, like why reboot it? Yeah. None of this makes sense. Maybe it'll, 
come in some semblance that will make sense or they'll it i don't know they'll figure it out but this just stinks of like looking at the halloween movie and just being like we're gonna do that like i feel like hollywood executives so often make the mistake of like looking at something successful and then trying to be like i'm gonna copy this thing about that and that's gonna make us successful and it's like no movie's got to be good yeah it does (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of it's kind of a prerequisite right like it's why all that stuff for the suicide squad didn't really work that they were trying to do because they're trying to copy guardians of the galaxy but they took all the wrong lessons from it oh we could we could use this classic rock song and like the trailer and then people want to see (laughs) it's like that's their big takeaway from guardians of the galaxy it's like no it's a fucking good story and it's it's fun and it follows tragic characters, you know, like they don't, none of this stuff. I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, so I got some news on the PG 13 version of Deadpool. We just keep, everything is respinning out stuff tonight. <laughs> everything is respinning out stuff, but, um, uh, so Deadpool two will be called once upon a Deadpool. Uh, Ryan Reynolds says, it's be- because it's the season of giving, we will give $1 for every ticket sold to Fuck Cancer, which will be renamed Fudge Cancer just for the limited time and campaign. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Then he also said, Fox has been asking for a PG-13 basically since the start in 2006. I said no since 2006. Now this one time I said yes on two conditions. First, a portion of the proceeds go to charity. Second, I want to kidnap Fred Savage. The second condition took some explaining. <laughs> <laughs> so we've now seen a still with Fred Savage looking for the Princess Bride, all grown up, right? We've like heard it's called Once Upon a Deadpool. We know they're filming scenes, and all of the scenes are filming. They did it in a day, I read, and it was all just within... I think a bedroom. I think they're actually doing the Princess Bride thing. Yeah. Yeah. Everything I've read so far has been they're definitely doing the the Peter Falk and Fred Savage scenes from Princess Bride. As you wish. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I can't wait to see. I'm going to take my daughter to it. Oh, uh, They're putting out a PG-13 Deadpool movie? Fuck it, dude. I'll take my daughter to it. I'm finally get to take my daughter to Deadpool movie and get her to stop asking me to watch Deadpool. <laughs> Cause even though I told her she couldn't watch suicide squad too, like my mother-in-law, like let her watch it. And then it was over, but I don't think she's seen Deadpool yet. Thank God. <laughs> like, I love Deadpool, but she's nine. She's still too young for that shit. So, uh, PG 13 Deadpool. Fuck it. I'll risk some risque jokes, dude. Like, if they're in PG-13 form, I'll take her. <laughs> so Fair enough. I know I'm rolling the dice, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> but are you opening the door for more to the de- rest of the Deadpool? She's already fucking desperate to see it. Like, that's not changing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> she wants to see every superhero movie. Because she's her old man's kid. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. I even want to see the bad ones. So We had a midterm elections this week. Yeah. Um, I'm aware. Yeah. 74% turnout in our, in our uh, district. But some of the stuff that like showed up like during the election, 
was kind of jarring, but kind of interesting at the same time. Okay. The the biggest thing was, uh, so earlier this week, Trump had one of his rallies, and he played uh, Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine. So, I'm surprised. It, <laughs> wait, was that on Appetite for Destruction? <laughs> no, it's on uh, Use Your Illusion. Okay, that two. fits Trump. <laughs> um. Anyways, Axel Rose went fucking ape shit. No, Axel Rose. But then, like, so he started just ripping on Trump, and I'm like, "God damn it, Trump! You yeah. made me side with Axel." That Rose. was exactly <laughs> what I was just thinking. <laughs> Fuck you, Trump, for making me side with Axel Rose. That was exactly the thought in my head, dude. <laughs> Like, usually I'm not going to side with Axl Rose because usually his side is like, you didn't get me heroin quick enough. You're fired from the band, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it was like, but what he was saying was pretty spot on. And I'm like, hey, Axl Rose is woke. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, like uh, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what, what world am I living in right now? But then, like, I'm... Siding with Axel Rose and Axel Rose is the the voice of reason here. <laughs> That's fucked up. That is pretty fucked up, right? Fuck you for putting me in this position, <laughs> Trump. <laughs> the other thing was uh um Jimmy Buffett tweeted out um Alternative lyrics to Come Monday. Okay. So he tweeted out, Come Tuesday, things will change. Come Tuesday, we're making a change. It's been two insane years. Time to switch gears. And it... So he's been a big supporter of the Democratic Party. Has done... Quite a few different um, charities, charities, <clears throat> fundraising. Fundraising is better, probably. Yeah, better. I didn't mean charities. Yeah, um, and it's he tweeted this out, and people on the right side of the aisle have just lost their mind over that tweet. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, They do this every time somebody from Hollywood or the music industry like speaks any opinion on politics that's not theirs. Right, this happens every single time. And then, like when it's a conservative person, they just applaud the shit out of them for it. You know what I mean? Like if it's Hank Williams Jr., they're like, yeah, or the third. Sorry, Hank the third. They're like, yeah. Hank the third, are you ready for some football? You know what I mean? And then if it's Jimmy Buffett tweeting out some lyrics, they're like, just totally rip him down. It's, yeah. it's just all, everybody is so fucking politicized anymore. It's just fucking crazy. Yeah. Dude, look, po- politicians <clears throat> are dividing the country like crazy. We're dividing ourselves like crazy. Celebrities are divided too. Just fucking accept it and like move on with it. For example, I found out a while ago that uh, um, apparently 
uh, God, I'm fucking space and all of a sudden. Who's the guy who's the lead in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Michael in, Rooker? No, no, no uh, he's in Parks and Rec. Oh, uh, um, God damn. Why am I? Space- Everybody is screaming at us right now from their fucking eyes. I'm just like Andy Dwyer. No, that's not right. But he played Andy Dwyer. Yeah. <laughs> I just haven't seen him in a good movie for so long. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Infinity War was last spring. Feels like a lifetime ago as we covered. Did you watch Jurassic Kingdom or Jurassic Par- Park Fallen <laughs> Kingdom? <laughs> what was it? Jurassic World 2, right? <laughs> Jurassic Park colon Fallen Kingdom. I think it's Jurassic World. Jurassic World colon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did watch it that was when i fell asleep in <laughs> it was pretty bad <laughs> hence my snarky comment dude this is really bad we can't think of his name what the fuck is wrong with us like he's one of the handful of actresses pratt pratt oh thank god all right <laughs> oh like chris pratt super fucking conservative really? yeah yeah, found out uh, somebody was talking about his Instagram feed, and I was like, oh, he's really conservative. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm st- I still think he's funny. I'm still going to watch his movies. People need to get over this shit. Like, unless God. they say something really fucking crazy, get over it if they're not on your side of the aisle. Like, fucking come on. It's different with politicians because they legislate things. You know what I mean? Right. But when a politician has like, or when a celebrity has a really strong opinion about politicians or whatever, I'm just like, eh, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. The I mean, the only exception to that is when you uh, start getting racist on somebody, there's right, a problem. But that, the problem is the racism. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. When it's like, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I'm an independent, whatever. Like, it doesn't move the needle for me one way or the other. I don't give a shit. Even if, like... Even if I'm strongly against their opinion, I don't care. It is when you start to like veer into, you know, like racist things or, or that's, that is not politics for me. That's another arena. It definitely intertwines with all that stuff, yeah. but that, that to me is like a whole different level, but it's like, if you voted for whoever, I don't really care, especially if you're a celebrity, I don't care. And that's part of the problem, too, is people put so much stock into what celebrities think. I do when they're talking about the thing that they worked on and, like, their process or whatever. Like, I care about that stuff because I enjoy watching the movies and I like to know how they get there. But when they start to talk about, like, who they voted for in the last election, my eyes just fucking glaze over. Because I don't give a fuck whether you're on my side or not. You know what I mean? I might if they were in front of me and I was having a conversation, but... You know, I don't care most of the time. <laughs> Not unless their art is built off of that. And then it's a little bit different, right? Like uh, Bruce Springsteen. It's fucking, if if you found out Bruce Springsteen was a hardcore Republican, that would have I to would be, be a problem. Shook. Yeah, that <laughs> would have to be a problem because he spent so much time talking about unions and the working man and all this that it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa Bruce, hang on for a second. <laughs> Which party are you back in? Like that doesn't... That doesn't jive with your songs. Yeah. But outside of that, it's like, I don't care. <laughs> and I don't know why other people care other than like, it's because they've turned politics into a football match, I think. Yeah. 
It's just like rooting so hard for one side or the other. So bringing things up, we got a review. Yeah. Mama just killed a man. Yeah. Put a gun against his head. <laughs> I like that falsetto, dude. That's really good. We saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Yay. I saw it twice. I know you did. And I got in a, cons- a, a running thing with my wife this morning because I was really trying to just see it the once, but I wanted to go see it on the big XD screen, like really bad. And, uh, and then I was sitting there, <clears throat> I was reading all of this, all the, like looking at all these interviews with cast members and the person who wound up being the director of Bohemian Rhapsody and like the producer and all this. And I was just like, Hey, Bohemian Rhapsody is at 1150. Let's go. And she's like, no, like you already saw it. I'm like, so you didn't see it. She's like, no. And I was like, come on, let's go. And she's like, no. And I'm like, well, okay. I have to go somewhere from like 1150 until about two o'clock or so. And she's like, no. <laughs> she was just like not letting me go. And so I wouldn't let it go all day. I just kept bringing it up over and over again. Like she'd be like, can you get a drink for me? I'd be like, no, because I can't go to Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> And I didn't, like, I was kind of a dick about it all day. <laughs> I really wanted to go see Bohemian Rhapsody again. Yeah, I was kind of in the same boat with my wife. Like, oh, because she looked through the, or checking account, she's like, what's 750 for Cinemark? I was like, I went and saw a movie. <laughs> you didn't see the movie, did you? Yeah. <laughs> you said I could three months ago go see it with my bestie. Didn't you say go see it with your boyfriend? <laughs> I was just re-listening to that episode because yeah. we were talking about Live Aid. <laughs> like immediately after I went to see the movie, I like jumped back in and listened to us talking about the movie. Oh, I was listening. I was listening. Well, the thing popped up on my Facebook feed from two years ago when we when it was first announced, Remy Malik was playing uh, Freddie Mercury. What did we say? It was probably mostly about what a bummer it was that Sasha Baron Cohen wasn't. <laughs> it was kind of that, but we were. We could see like where they were going, and we were really like hesitant on Brian Singer. Yeah, because Brian Singer was attached at that point. Oh yeah, I'm glad I had that foresight back then. I wasn't sure two years ago if I was onto but Brian it, we, Singer's bullshit yet. Yeah, well, we were just like, I mean, he just made the X Men movies, but not great X Men movies. Did I mention child rape at all? Yeah, that shit hadn't come up yet. It had. We just didn't know about it. Uh, I was actually... So it must have been after we recorded something. One one of the times I talked to Zach, he brought it up to me. And I was like, what? And like, kind of looked into it. And I was like, ugh. And it just like immediately crushed me. Like realizing he was involved in a bunch of shit. But then, like, when the Me Too stuff started ramping up, I did, it like, a deep dive into it and read a lot of stuff. Um, okay, we're starting this review off on the wrong foot. <laughs> Let's back up for a second. Brian Singer got fired on this movie. He's on a pay-to-play contract. He doesn't make any money off of royalties of this movie because of his contract. So, Brian Singer, 
filmed like 75% of it. That's all he's got to do with it. He was fired off of the movie. That being said, I really enjoyed this movie. I fucking love this movie. I think Remy Millick is for sure going to be up for an Oscar. Um, it's, I mean, it might be a little bit early to tell for sure that he's up for an Oscar, but I just, it seems like everybody thinks he's a shoe in for this. And I have to agree. The only thing that was distracting to me was that teeth prosthetic he had at the beginning. Just like his mouth stuck out so crazy. You know, and then eventually I got used to it. But when he got the mustache, it was like, ah, because <laughs> I didn't really notice it that bad after that. It's you know, like it went out a little too much. It The first when I watched it the second time. But I, that's not his fault, by the way. No, I, I looked at that and it wasn't just him, though. It seemed like a lot of the actors in that first act were kind of doing this like really pronouncing their lips and i don't know if it was intentional or what happened but it looked really pronounced on watching it the second time okay that's interesting <laughs> uh so things i really enjoyed about this okay keep in mind you're listening to two fans i'm definitely a super fan of queen so take it all with a grain of salt. Uh, I will say there was a lot of reviews on this that were like, well, it's fun, but it's not a good movie, but it's still fun because you listen to Queen music. Like, I disagree. I thought it was like fine as a biopic. I thought it was fine and it's like elevated because it's Queen music. Like, yeah, Queen's just amazing. But I didn't think it was bad at any stretch. And, and a lot of people are saying that are just starting to like point like, this doesn't work out in history and this doesn't work out. Dude, same with every fucking biopic ever, whether it's about a musician, a politician, whoever, they're never fucking accurate. Like ever. So if you're looking for accuracies in your biopics, don't watch a biopic because there's not a single one. Watch a documentary. That's what they're there for. Yeah. Biopics are trying to take somebody's life and turn it into movie form. You just have to change things about people's lives to make it work. And most of the stuff they changed about about uh, this movie was they got the songs in the wrong era, right? Yeah, and yeah. Like when they, I mean, the what I pointed out to my wife was they showed him kind of writing parts for uh, Under Pressure with the gold album for Hot Space on the Wall, <laughs> which is the album it's on, right? Yeah. Or, or uh, playing Fat Bottom Girls when they're touring. So they toured America in uh, 73, 74. And they're playing Fat Bottom Girls, but that didn't come out for another like four years. <laughs> so there was stuff like that. But every time that they did it, it was like, I understand why they did this, though. Like, it always was something that served the plot. So yeah. I'm always just like, I don't really give a fuck at the end of the day. Like, they play Fat Bottom Girls. Because, like, it's a rocking song, but it's also, like, there's all these girls fawning over him. But it's also, like, there's dudes watching him, too. And it's, like, the perfect song to play when you hear that. You know what I mean? Like, it's a good juxtaposition to show your character in while that song's playing. While you're showing, like, Freddie Mercury and, like, curls are fawning over him. But he's watching the, the cowboy going into the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like... It's the perfect song for that. So it's like, who gives a shit that it wasn't written for four years ago? Like, I, I don't, I don't understand why people get so TikTok about this that, shit. That, that, like, I it's noticed fine to it, notice it and talk about it, but to like turn in a bad review because of no. it, it's kind of ridiculous. 
No, I totally agree with that. Because I, I mean, I when I was watching with you, like I had tears rolling down my face, like yeah, half I did the too, fucking man. movie, man. Yeah, there was a lot of sad stuff in it for sure, and just like stuff that like it wasn't really a sad scene, but just like I really love Queen. Yeah. And just like seeing some of the stuff on the screen just like brought up so much just raw emotion. And the second time it didn't quite get that until the end scene. The live aid scene. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, and that's that's another thing and everybody's talking about it, but we might as well talk about it too, because it's so fucking incredible. Like, they do such a good job of recreating that live aid. Dude, it was so good. And I've watched that, like, at least 15 times, the live aid performance that Queen's done. And I got, I was watching it, and the thing that really struck me was like, wow, this looks like the scene. And then when he's sitting at the piano and, and they seeing got the, the arrangement. Yeah. Pepsi cups the, the and two beers. The old Pepsi cups and the beers. And I remember looking at it, and for some reason that stuck out to me. And I was like. That's exactly like Live Aid. And then I fucking watch it on YouTube. I'm like, holy shit, that's shot for shot. And then like I heard a review on a podcast from like one of the Bringers podcasts. And they brought it up too. Like that was clearly a Queen fan who's just like, I don't know why that sticks in your head. But it's those little details. You're like, wow, they really nailed it. And he lip syncs the whole thing, which is great. It's exactly what I want. (laughs) It's funny because we were talking about that. And that two years ago, we're like, just... Right, or Remy Malik, lip sync your fucking heart out. You know, and we shouldn't have to have that conversation, but Walk the Line <laughs> fucked everything up. <laughs> Seriously, dude. Like, when Ray came out, okay, when, when Ray came out, they were like, Jamie Foxx, we're, we're not going to shoot your hands, and you're just going to lip sync everything. And he's like, well, actually, I was a professionally trained pianist. And they're like, holy shit. So they made sure he had it all down so that he could play the piano. But he's still lip syncing and it's still Ray Charles piano over it. He's just having to make the or mimic the exact movements that Ray Charles is doing, right? So like that was fine. Then the next year, Walk the Line was like, well, we're just gonna have Joaquin Phoenix fucking do a Johnny Cash impression and Reese Witherspoon do June, June Carter. Ca- Carter. Yeah, and that irritated me. It really did irritate me, but it was a fucking selling point for the movie. Yeah, they're really singing in this movie. It's like, no, I don't want that. I want to hear the actual songs. Like, I, dude, we grew up on music videos of which we had our favorite artists fucking lip syncing the songs that they already recorded. They're lip syncing to themselves. You know what I mean? If I can take that, I can fucking take it in a movie. I don't want to hear somebody doing a Freddie Mercury impression. So I'm very happy that the lip sync. That being said, the director uh, who finished up Bohemian Rhapsody is doing uh, that Elton John one. And uh, as much as I was looking forward to it, found out that the actor is singing all the songs himself. I don't think I want to see this movie anymore. (laughs) I do. I kind of do, but I don't because like that's going to bother me. You know what? The reason you don't want to see this movie is because you haven't seen the Kingsman movies. 
No, it's it's not that. It's no, because that is it, it was that is it. Period. You could hear me on this podcast. I kept wanting to see this movie. It's that one piece of information about the lip syncing. And yes, I've seen the scene with Elton John. What? No. And the Kingsman. That's not it at all. Oh. The main character Eggsy from Kingsman uh-huh. is Elton John. Yeah, that's. I guarantee that doesn't even play into my reasoning here. It's just no, purely the lip syncing. No, I, because I, you haven't I watched lip syncing. You haven't seen Eggsy on on TV. All right, and just enjoyed the Kingsman movies. You're like, I want to see everything this guy has seen on TV. That is why you're down on the Elton John movie. No, it's it's the lip syncing. No, I fuck want that. lip syncing. <laughs> I told We've you why. We've had a couple beers. <laughs> I told you why. I'm just saying you need to fucking watch the Kingsman movies. I know. I know what you're actually. I know what you're actually telling me here, and it's not and then about you'll be the like, Elton John movie. And then you'll be like, "Hey, I'm in on this Elton John." Like, because when I first watched it, like on the, I don't know if it was your phone or my phone, watching the trailer for the Elton John movie. I couldn't tell who the actor playing Elton John was, but when I found it was uh, Edgar, Ter- uh, I don't. Oh, remember. it wasn't actually Elton John. No. Oh, dude, Eli told me it was actually Elton John. <laughs> like he showed me the YouTube video on his phone. <laughs> I thought I was actually watching Elton John. No, it's the uh, the guy that plays Eggsy from the Kingsman movies. <laughs> Is playing Elton John. All right. Well, maybe. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll put a bit. I'll put Kingsman a big movies. maybe. I'll put a big maybe on there. Then I'll check out the Kings. Anyway, <laughs> way off fucking base. <laughs> I don't even remember. Okay, as a Queen fan, I, they played most of the songs I wanted to hear. I love that. Um, they had a couple of like deep cuts that I enjoyed, like uh, "Doing All Right," which is on their first album Doing when they're like smile. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yesterday, my life was in ruins. Yeah, I fucking loved it. There was so much Queen music just packed around the thing. They hit the Live Aid performance was amazing. I really liked that when they were in the studio doing stuff, they're like, okay, we're going to focus on like Bohemian Rhapsody. We're going to focus on uh, um, like uh, We Love Will Rock You. Life. That love of my life. That's fucking great because that's one of those songs that, like, if you're a Queen fan, you know exactly what that song is. You know how important it is because the audience always sings along with it, like with Freddie Mercury. But most people don't know that because it wasn't really a single or anything. You know, like it was on the album with Bohemian Rhapsody. So, like, <laughs> you know that 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 song gobbled it up. What was the second single on that? You're my best friend. Like between those two songs, anything else just gets strangled out. Uh, I thought it was funny they were making fun of I'm in love with my car because like I was just making a joke about that with my boss Eli like I was telling him before the movie came out I was like playing a night at the opera and I didn't want him to fucking change it when he walked in because he often comes in and flips it to ELO and I was like dude this song is for you he's like what what is this because it's not like Freddie Mercury singing I'm like it's Queen 
and he's just about to roll his eyes because I play Queen all the time, and I'm like, "Go!" It's I'm, it's called "I'm in love with my car," <laughs> and he laughs, and then he listens to it, and he's like, "Oh my god, this is great!" Like, and so that was like two days before we went to go see Bohemian Rhapsody, and then we went in to see it, and so I came back, and I was like, "Dude, they make a mm-hmm. running joke about I'm in love with my car," and there he's like, "Really?" <laughs> yeah, you know what's great when we were because I. Like on the way over, I was still uh, we were. I was listening to that episode from two years ago. Um, because I downloaded my phone because like because we were talk like we talked a good fifteen minutes about Bohemian Rhapsody like when it was first. Well, the newest version of. Do you remember what the name of that episode was? I kind of gotta take a shot in the mouth. I know exactly what that's a reference to. That was about how they should have rehired the guy who directed the first Deadpool movie. <laughs> Sometimes you got to take a shot in the mouth. That's the name of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember exactly where that title came from. <laughs> anyway. Um, and it was, it was really fun listening to that episode. Um, but we were actually talking about... Um, we talked about I'm in love with my car on that episode. What did we say? I don't remember. <laughs> These God. couple of beers have kind of gotten me a little bit, but it was like go back. Uh, it's I don't know the episode number, but I thought about doing a deep dive into our archives and just pulling out everything we've said about Queen and turning <laughs> it into one mega podcast when this came out because I was so excited when we walked out of the movie and then I had to be like, dude, don't do this. <laughs> like everybody it's is a good not choice. everybody's not as enthusiastic about this as you are. And furthermore, I'm pretty sure we repeat stuff a lot when we talk about Queen. <laughs> yeah, then we go on some deep tangent dives. I do remember saying I wanted something with Flash in it. We did get we, we didn't got get no any flash. flash, and I started to think about that, and I'm like, I bet that's got to do with Dino De Laurentiis. <laughs> like, it's probably a rights issue that's because we also probably got, a fair assessment, and we also got no Highlander, which was after Live Aid, but we still got Who Wants to Live Forever. There were. Like they played it, but it wasn't yeah. the band playing it. It was just playing over Freddie, like, no, like dealing with his diagnosis, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, we at least we got that. Like, that's my favorite song off of that album. So, well, kinda. It's my favorite popular song on that. It's probably the Kurgan's theme because it's just so <laughs> ridiculous and over the top. It also great. left a man's decapitated body. <laughs> Lying on the floor next, next to his, his own, own severed head. head. A head which at this time has, has no, no name. name. I know his name. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that song. It annoys the shit out of everybody but me. Because it's just such a loud shredded guitar. And then when they do the... Like that annoys people so fucking bad. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, the what they did with uh, Mike Myers. 
was so great funny as shit yeah i won't give it away for spoilers they have him as a fictional record executive this record executive did not exist but uh they had him as a record executive who was saying who was basically shitting on bohemian rhapsody and he's he's kind of doing a shrek light voice right fat bastard he's doing his uh typical scottish voice yeah but he's it's a different register it's a little bit higher than it normally is but yeah, he's like doing the voice, and he's from makeup. He's unrecognizable. Like he's in all of the trailers, and nobody recognizes him in the trailers. But as soon as you hear him talk, you're like, "Oh, Shrek, that's Mike Myers." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, yeah, what does he say? Um, people nobody will good- be headbanging their or nobody, nobody will be, be headbanging their, their head to Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> And you could tell why they had him in that movie, too, because he was a big reason why Bohemian Rhapsody charted for a second time. Like, after Wayne's World came out, it peaked at number two again. It's fucking crazy, dude. I really loved after the Bohemian Rhapsody comes out, they do all the quotes from, like, all the magazines. and like From the first release, yeah. Yeah, and typically... When they do that in a movie, it's like all the like, it's a s- outstanding or whatever. It's, and it's a success. Like, yeah, it's just every fucking negative thing everybody's ever said about Bohemian Rhapsody. Just like it's bloated constantly. and incoherent. <laughs> <laughs> it's great though. It's such a great fuck you. I loved it. Uh, the actor who plays Brian May is so fuck. spot on. He's you know, so there was so on, many man. times through the movie, it's like. I'm pretty sure, like, Brian May, like, stepped in a time machine and recorded this. Like, yeah. It was, like, we've talked about Remy Malik, but, like, Brian May was so fucking spot on through the entire movie. I was like, except for the, the very scene where he's in, the first scene where he's in the van, like, it didn't quite look right, but the rest of the movie, he was well. I think that he doesn't have his curly hair yet. And right, I think that's part of it because we've never really. I have never seen Brian May without curly hair in his entire life. So, like, I think that threw me off too. But it's. I mean, it was probably appropriate to his hairstyle at the time. I don't know. Uh, another criticism I read about the movie is that they focus too much on the other band members, which I got to say, like, fuck you to that. Like, you know, I that movie is 75 percent Freddie Mercury and like Queen is so 100 percent like the four members. Yeah. Like, yes, we give credit to Freddie Mercury for Bohemian Rhapsody. But, dude, everybody worked on that song. And like Queen was four excellent songwriters that were together and they all elevated everything that they did that's why like none of their solo albums are good yeah um freddie mercury you know and that was one of the things like because i was thinking about it like laying in bed with the other night like thinking about it like one of the themes they kind of push in this movie was part of the problem that freddie mercury got into like when he was doing his own solo stuff and hanging out with all the guys in Munich and stuff is nobody fucking tell him told him no. Yeah. Which is what the rest of the band members of Queens like not just no, but like, here's a better way to do this. Yeah. Like elevate what they were doing as a whole. 
And to be clear, it wasn't just Freddie Mercury. It's all of them. I mean, all of them would bring in a song, and the other ones would be like, "Well, here's what I would do. Here's how we could punch it up." Like that's the thing. The reason why they have so many hits, and like, I think people who aren't like big Queen fans don't really realize a lot of the time how many hits Queen has, which is why I think a lot of people are going to go to this movie who are like casual Queen fans and be like, "Wow." Because it suddenly starts hitting you in the face, like how many songs they have that you love. Like the common person knows easily 20 Queen songs. They just don't know that they know 20 Queen songs. You know what I mean? And uh, I think the reason why that happens is because you take a song that could be a good song and then you have three great songwriters that are suddenly jumping on top of it with you and then it becomes a great song. And yeah. that happens so many times with their songs. Like, it's, yeah, I just, I, I don't think enough time was spent on John Deacon, for example, who's a quiet one, but it's because he had nothing to do with the project <laughs> except for living his life, you know? Um, but I think, I think it was inappropriate. Like, it was focused on Freddie Mercury, but like the other bands were there, the other members of the band were there and present. They didn't really have their own arcs, but they're part of the band always. Yeah. Like, I thought that was very appropriate. I don't think it was too much of them at all. If anything, I could have used a little bit more of the rest of the band. But that's nothing against Remy Malik. It's just like, I'm a big Queen fan. So (laughs) (laughs) I want to know their stories a little bit too. Yeah. Um, You know, it, there was a lot of great stuff in that whole movie. Like, I like they spent just, a few minutes on the I want to break free video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're all giggling like on the couch while they're in drag. Yeah, it was it was really interesting because they had like we talked about that by the, the way. other three. We, we did talk about that when we were talking about the live aid thing. We were talking about the I want to break free thing and like what a great video it was. <laughs> and, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, what in this movie though, the the thing was is because they had like the other three band members like just having a fun time like making this video but then they also intercut that with like uh freddie mercury like introspecting yeah 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 it's a really good movie um and I, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about more in the future, but we should probably cut this off because it's getting so goddamn late. <laughs> are, are you just realizing the time? <laughs> All I, right. haven't, I haven't changed my watch. I'm like, it's oh, not one hour behind. I'm like, it's not one thirty in the morning. No. Okay. Okay. Um, so we'll we'll probably talk about this more in the future. I know we will talk about this more <laughs> in the future, so take it easy. Thank you for listening to the Not Safer Network. Check out one of our many other shows, Charles Orr Horror Show, Geek Lantern's Light, Movies with Wrestlers, Real Roulette, The Alien Movie Project, Montucky Skies, and We Had a Good Life.